0: We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. In this episode, I'm going to talk about one of the true gentle giants of the ocean. They have a history of being hunted by humans, but luckily, they're making a recovery. And even though they might look like fish, they're much more closely related to us. So let's take a dive into the ocean to talk about humpback whales. The scientific name for humpback whales is Megaptera noviangliae. In Greek, megaptera translates to big-winged, which references their large pectoral fins on the sides of their bodies and flapping movement that happens when they swim. Their common name comes from the hump on their backs in front of their dorsal fin. Humpback whales can be found in any ocean in the world, but their geographic location can depend on the season. In the summer, a lot of them spend their time in the Gulf of Alaska or the Gulf of Maine. Then in the winter, they can be found in the warmer waters near the equator. Humpback whales are a species of baleen whale, and there are 14 species of baleen whales, including bowheads, blue whales, right whales, and a lot of others. Baleen whales are different from other whales because they filter feed, using bristles in their mouths, and we'll talk more about that later on. They also have two blowholes. They kind of look like our nostrils. All whales and dolphins are mammals, so they don't have gills like fish do. They have lungs and they use their blowholes to breathe in the air before they dive underwater. They've evolved to have their blowholes on the top of their heads so they don't have to stick their entire head out of the water to breathe. Humpback whales can hold their breath for about an hour, but avoid pushing that limit since holding breath for that long can use up a lot of energy. On average, they'll dive for about 4 to 7 minutes and do this about 6 to 8 times an hour. But their lungs aren't the only things that help them hold their breath underwater. They have a protein in their muscles called myoglobin. So do we, but they have about 20 times more of it than we do. Myoglobin is really good at storing oxygen, so they don't need to breathe as frequently because they have a good supply of oxygen already at their disposal. And when humpback whales use two blowholes, it's easier for them to get oxygen. And they need a lot of it because they're so enormous. Adults range from being 12 to 16 meters in length, which is 52 feet long, and they weigh about 25 to 30 tons. That means that if you stood a humpback whale on its hind fin, it would be taller than the average four-story building. And female humpbacks actually tend to be slightly larger than the males. The tails of adult humpback whales can be as wide as 18 feet. Scientists that study humpback whales oftentimes use their tails to identify them because they're completely unique to that specific whale. Their average lifespan is about 45 to 50 years old. But even though these animals are huge, we have a hard time tracking them. So there are some accounts saying that they can live to be around 80 years old. Okay, let's take our first break. And when we get back, we'll talk about their eating habits. The science word that I want to talk to you about today is prehensile. Prehensile means that something is able to grab onto things. Some animals have prehensile tails, meaning that they can use their tails like another arm. Some animals that can do this are possums, monkeys, and even some lizards. Okay, welcome back. Humpback whales are carnivores, but just because they're big doesn't mean that they eat big things. Their main sources of food are krill, which are tiny, shrimp-like animals, and plankton. I already did an episode on plankton, which you should definitely check out. They'll also eat small fish that hang out in large groups. But they do need a lot of food to sustain them. One humpback whale can eat over 5,000 pounds of krill and other small marine animals every single day. As I said before, they're filter feeders, so they don't hunt down their prey like a killer whale would. When a humpback wants to eat, it opens its mouth really wide, which takes in a lot of the prey along with a bunch of water, too. In order to help them take in as much food as they possibly can, they have expandable throat grooves, so their throats can stretch and expand, leaving more room inside of their mouths. Then they'll close their mouths, which traps their prey. But now they have another problem. They have all this water in their mouths as well as their prey. When you look at their mouths, you can see that they don't have teeth like some whales do. They have bristles instead, called baleen. These bristles are made out of keratin, which is the same stuff that makes up our hair. And it allows the whale to push out all of the water that it swallowed while also keeping the prey in its mouth. They can have around 400 bristles on each side of their mouths. And some humpbacks have a really cool way to trap their prey before swallowing it, maximizing the amount of food being taken in. They use this strategy called bubble netting, and it requires a lot of intelligence and teamwork. The leader of the pod will swim below a school of fish and then use her blowhole to start blowing air bubbles towards the surface in a large ring around the fish. The fish for the most part are too scared to swim through the ring. So now the fish are all contained inside of this trap. All of the other whales in the pod will then open their mouths at the same time and take in a large helping of fish. This behavior is learned, not instinctive, which means they get it from watching other individuals in the pod. The young calves usually learn this from their mothers, and they really only feed for about four months every year. They can build up enough blubber during these months to last them the rest of the year without food. During the summer, they'll go to the poles in order to feed, and during the winter, they'll get closer to the equator to breed. They can travel around 16,000 miles between these two areas. So we talked about feeding, now let's talk about breeding. Humpback whales have a gestation period of around 11 months. The babies, which are called calves, are around 4 meters long and weigh up to a ton at birth. This is most likely why the females are larger than the males, to be able to handle this strain. Because humpbacks are mammals, they nurse their young, so before they filter feed, the calves nurse for about 6 months. Males compete against each other to mate with a female, as you see in many animal species, and they have a lot of intricate courtship rituals that start in the winter up until the mating season. In order to compete for a mate, Males will slap their tails against the water and charge at each other as well. But most likely, neither of the whales are harmed by this. And they also do this behavior called breaching. This is when they kind of jump out of the water and splash down. If you want to see a whale breaching the water, you should look at humpbacks because they do this more than any other whale species. There's still a debate as to why whales breach, but many scientists think that it's a way for the males to show how strong they are to the females. Some other leading ideas are that it's a way for them to get barnacles off of them. It could also have something to do with their communication because they communicate with each other mainly through sound. Speaking of sound, singing is also a significant part of this ritual, as well as the actual reproduction. Male songs have actually been shown to cause the female to be ready to reproduce. And you'll hear more about the sounds that they make right after the break. Time for today's trivia question. Which animal has the highest blood pressure? The answer is a giraffe. This is because they have an extremely long neck and they need the blood to get all the way up to their brains. And before we head back into the episode, I wanted to mention something that you definitely want to hear about. We have partnered up with Follow, which is a really awesome company. They're committed to helping wildlife in a really unique way. You can buy a cool and stylish bracelet from them, and each bracelet corresponds with a different animal and organization that Follow partners with. Along with the bracelet, they also send you a QR code that allows you to track a specific animal of your choice on your phone. And it even gives you a little information about the animal that you track. And the best part about it is that when you buy a bracelet, 10% of the proceeds from that sale go to the organization correlated with that bracelet. Some of the organizations that they partner with are Save the Elephants, Polar Bears International, the Sea Turtle Conservancy, and Saving the Blue. If you want to buy one of these bracelets, go to myfollow.com. And don't forget to enter our code, which is ONWILDLIFE20, which gives you 20% off your order. Okay, back to the episode. So humpback whales are known for their songs. And the fact that they sing could tell us that they're really intelligent. You can hear their songs from over 20 miles away. Humpbacks also have one of the largest brains in the animal kingdom, which is another testament to their intelligence. We still don't know a lot about humpbacks, but we have some hypotheses as to why they sing so frequently. One of the reasons we talked about earlier, for males to attract a mate, and we have some evidence to support this. Males happen to sing more frequently during the breeding season, and they also have longer calls than the females. The second main hypothesis is that they use the songs as a mode of echolocation. Using echolocation, they can send out a sound and listen for that sound to bounce off any nearby objects. It helps to keep them oriented in their surroundings, especially because humpback whales don't have the best vision. Other animals that do this are bats and dolphins. In order to communicate with each other, they use grunts and snorts. And scientists have noticed that calves usually whisper, meaning that their sounds can only be heard at close distances. The reason for this is because they're able to communicate with their mother, who is always right by their side, without attracting predators or other individuals. And we still don't know if this behavior is something that they're born knowing, or if it's something that's learned from adults. Humpback whales are mostly non-aggressive animals, But they are very curious and will approach boats which doesn't always work out in their favor. And killer whales are the only animals on the planet known to attack humpback whales. And even then, they usually go after the juveniles. And what's really interesting is that humpback whales have shown seemingly altruistic behavior, helping others when they don't get anything in return. Especially when it comes to killer whales, humpbacks will actually try to stop them from going after other animals. They've even been known to help different species of whales. Scientists think that the reason for this could be that the humpbacks may have already had a close encounter with killer whales and have learned to try to get rid of them whenever they see them. They also have symbiotic relationships with other animals. An example of this is the relationship between the whales and marine birds. When they make bubble nets to catch their prey, the fish swim closer to the surface, making it easier for the birds to eat them. This is called commensalism, because even though the birds benefit from this, the whales don't get anything in return. Humpback whales are one of the most important animals in their respective ecosystems. They eat large amounts of food, which means that they excrete large amounts of waste. When they do this, it puts nutrients back into the ocean, which allows more plankton to grow. And plankton are a food source for so many different organisms. Unfortunately, Humpback whales have had to face a lot of problems for many years caused by us. And they're still facing them today. Over hundreds of years, they've been hunted for their meat and oil. This caused their populations to go into a downward spiral, losing 90% of individuals. And at one point, there were less than 500 individuals in the South Atlantic Ocean. Luckily, in the 1960s, they started to become protected animals. And in the 80s, whaling was completely banned all across the world. Now, there are still people who hunt whales pretending that it's for scientific research purposes, but it has declined tremendously since the 80s. Humpbacks have come a long way since then, and their IUCN status has even changed from vulnerable to of least concern. But they still need our help because there are still a whole lot of issues that they're facing. They've been known to get caught in fishing nets and have no way of getting out. And one of the biggest problems is the noise caused by ships and specifically their sonar systems. Humpbacks rely on sound in order to communicate and find their way around the ocean. And these ships are creating so much sound underwater that it's causing a huge disturbance. The sound can even damage their hearing and cause internal bleeding or even death. It can also cause them to completely change their behaviors. So there are still a lot of issues that we need to work on solving. And if you want to help humpback whales, you should check out the Whaleman Foundation, Blue Voice, and Help Humpbacks. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of humpback whales. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray.